This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. Let's start with the forecast segment. Um, heavy rain, and I mean up to seven and a half inches fell during the last 36 hours, uh, particularly on the southwest side of the Olympics and also by Mount St. Helens and along the coastal mountains of the northern part of, of Oregon. So it really heavy stuff associated with a potent atmospheric river, a current of strong moisture that came out of the southwest and came right into our area forced to rise in the mountains, and gave us very heavy precipitation. Another atmospheric river is coming in this morning. And right now, the latest forecast models suggest that we'll have several more inches on the western side of the mountains, the coastal mountains, and the Cascades as well, as the moist air is forced to rise up and cool. Now, it looks that Saturday will be mainly showers, will be They'll be post-frontal. The front's going to move through. Uh, I expect quite a few showers on the windward side of the Cascades and along the coastal mountains. And I think there's also a very good chance of a Puget Sound convergence zone forming on Saturday north of Seattle. Typically, this happens after a front goes by. The winds switch from southwesterly before the front to westerly, northwesterly after the front. The air goes around the Olympics converges at low levels somewhere over Puget Sound. And as the air converges together, it's forced to rise, giving us a band of clouds and precipitation. That's the Puget Sound conversion zone. Now, Saturday temperatures will probably get up into the mid-60s, maybe the upper 60s, a little bit of sun. Um, I think Sunday, though, is going to be a much, much better day. Upper 60s for sure, uh, partial sun, and in fact, I spent quite a bit of sun during the day. That, that day, so Sunday's a way better day to do anything outdoors. And then there's the big weather story: a very major ridge of high pressure is going to build over the west coast, and it's going to get drier and warmer during the week. Well, I don't expect any rain, you know, from Monday all the way into Thursday, and I think there'll certainly be temperatures climbing into the mid-70s by midweek and probably close to 80. So it's going to be very dry, really warm, above normal temperatures. So it's going to be extraordinarily beautiful for weather as, as we get later in the week. So that's the forecast. We're going to go, we went from smoke, then we had heavy rain, and then we're going to get you know beautiful weather. One good thing to keep in mind is that all this rain between these two atmospheric rivers is really helping with the fire situation. I think the fire the fires are over for Washington State. There's enough rain. I think that's the end of the season probably. And down in Oregon, there is so much rain that's going to fall from this atmospheric river uh, today and, and going into Saturday that I expect that's going to help them a great deal in putting the in getting the fires under control. Uh, most of the fires have gone way back. They're gaining control, but this rain should help a great deal. Anyway, thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. 
I'm listening to the rain outside right now, and it's pouring out, really heavy rain outside where I live. And that rain is due to an atmospheric river. So let's talk about atmospheric rivers. What are they? Why do they occur? They're really important. You know, it's an interesting fact that moisture in the atmosphere, water vapor in the atmosphere, is not uniform all over the planet. There are places where moisture is concentrated into relatively narrow uh, rivers of moisture, and we call those atmospheric rivers. Now, let's discuss why they happen. Why do we get these kind of rivers? Well, water vapor in the atmosphere is not uniform. Uh, there are some places like the tropics where it has a lot more water vapor. And it makes sense the tropics have a lot of water vapor. First, we have warm tropical oceans with strong sun that evaporates moisture into the atmosphere. But the tropics is also warm. And warm air can hold or contain more water vapor than cold air. A lot more water vapor. In fact, it goes up exponentially very quickly. And so over the tropics, with a warm water surface and warm air, the air tends to be very, very moist. Now, the moisture doesn't always stay down there. Sometimes we get atmospheric structures that allow moisture to be pulled up from the tropics. And we know what those phenomena are, those features. When we have a trough of low pressure in the mid-latitudes and a ridge of high pressure in the subtropics to the tropics. Between them, we tend to get strong differences in pressure and also strong southwesterly winds, winds from the southwest. Well, that southwesterly flow tends to scoop up some of that moisture in the tropics and trains it northward into a relatively narrow current of moisture we call an atmospheric river. But it's just not putting the water vapor in one side of this river and it coming out the other. It's not so simple. That's true of real rivers as well. Real rivers, we have streams that are feeding in along the whole way, providing more water. That's true of atmospheric rivers. Along the, the whole current, and these atmospheric rivers could be thousands of miles long, water vapor is brought in from the atmosphere as water converges along the whole length of the river. So, I mean, these are huge features sometimes, stretching everywhere you know, from you know, 2,000, 3,000 miles, sometimes even more. Now, why do we care about these atmospheric rivers? Why are they important? Because they bring a tremendous amount of moisture northward. They're often associated with strong winds. And, you know, they can produce huge amount of precipitation when they come into the mid-latitudes. Uh, they can do this in a variety of ways. One way they can do this is by rising up over our mountains. And as the atmosphere rises, as air rises, it tends to cool, going to lower pressure. It can't hold as much water vapor because it cools, and it drops some of that water vapor. And that produces heavy precipitation. And we've had as much, you know, as 5 or 10 inches or more as the, as the water vapor from atmospheric river falls down onto the surface. Uh, also, the water vapor can be entrained into weather systems like fronts and cyclones that can produce heavy precipitation as well. But around here, here in the Northwest, the mountains are really important. By the way, I should mention that he here in the Northwest, we have a special name for these atmospheric rivers. We often call them pineapple expresses. The name comes from the fact that these rivers start somewhere 
near or just north of Hawaii. So if you look at the satellite picture, it looks like you have this thing, this river, the clouds and moisture coming up from near Hawaii. So we call them pineapple expresses. Well, I mean, how heavy can precipitation be in these rivers? The most intense ones can drop 15 to 20 inches of rain in one to two days. That is a lot of rain. Keep in mind, Seattle typically gets about 37 inches a year. Now, when you get 15 to 20 inches, that's generally not in Seattle. It's in the mountains, but it's still extremely heavy. And this can result in flooding. It has resulted in flooding. Uh, back in November uh, 2006, we had tremendous flooding over the region from an atmospheric river that even caused massive damage in, in Mount Rainier Park. It took years to fix it. But I'll tell you, it's worse than that. Uh, it's like a late-night TV commercial. Uh, atmospheric rivers are generally warm and have strong winds with them. They tend to melt snow. That melted snow can add to the precipitation, uh, enhancing flooding. And one thing I want you to keep in mind about snow is snow, particularly in the mountains, can absorb tremendous amounts of water. So you can rain can fall into snow. The rain is absorbed in the snow, and that can keep the rain from causing flooding immediately. So atmospheric rivers, by providing tremendous amounts of moisture, melting snow, and getting rid of, rid of the buffering effect of snow in the mountains, often have resulted in heavy not only heavy precipitation, but really serious river flooding. Well, I hope you uh, have enjoyed this. Uh, this is a phenomenon that's really fascinating. We tend to get you know, probably three to four strong atmospheric rivers each year, and maybe one or two really big ones. And every, ten, every five or ten years, we get an extraordinary one that causes massive flooding on our rivers. Uh, we're having an atmospheric river right now, and it's, good, it's a relatively minor one. It's moving through but still we're going to get on the order two to five inches. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. Take care. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.